Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Welcome back to the Security Token Show. I'm your host, Hurricanes, and this week I'm joined by my co-host, Peter Gaffney. We're here in sunny Miami, Florida, ready to give you the latest and greatest security token news. I'm talking about all the latest top five things you need to know, industry news, security token offerings, trading activity, and even a look inside the metaverse. So we've got a Awesome main topic lined up today, tokenization and banks, don't we, Peter? We do, we do, but not before a word for our sponsor, who this week is XY Labs. For those who don't know, XY Labs is a company that actually raised uh, about $22 million via Reg A through Vertalo. They're now listing on the T0 ATS secondary trading venue, bringing roughly 22,000, 23,000 investors with them. This is huge for the industry, huge for depth on liquidity pools. Um, we're excited for them. Thank you, XY Labs, for making this show possible. And with that, let's get into the top five. And starting off our top five, number one, you gotta know it, Onera, making waves in the industry, both announcing a partnership with Oasis Pro Markets. That means that the Fing P2P protocol for securities management that Onera has developed and now supported by the OPM ATS network. This is something that's going to be going live very soon, which means that there's going to be enhanced liquidity for those who are using that thin P2P protocol and listing on, uh, of course, the ATS by Oasis Pro Market. So that's really cool, but not all because they also announced an update, a partnership with R3. R3 is a major, major blockchain company. They're working with large institutional banks across the world with their Corda blockchain system supporting tokenized assets and securities. And now they've announced Again, interoperability with the Fin P2P protocol, which means anyone using R3 in their Corda platform can now leverage the Fin2P protocol for tokenization and assets. So major moves by Onera, good stuff. Fantastic, great cover coverage, Herwig. And coming in at number two, we actually have NASDAQ. Everyone knows the name. NASDAQ establishing a whole new digital assets business line, if you will. Really the goal here is to create institutional quality and caliber solutions for things like custody, liquidity, integrity, which is huge in the crypto markets right now. A big concern among larger institutions to really enter the space. And we've seen a number of institutional plays in the past couple of weeks, the past few months, all year pretty much. Yeah. Um, NASDAQ is also kind of a great precursor to tokenization. They do have their NASDAQ private, mar private markets, excuse me, and that's just one layer above tokenization. Now they have new digital asset businesses, the writing's on the wall, NASDAQ is shifting that way. God, I love it. Moving into number three, we've got an update with the SEC versus Ripple case, the case of the year, both last year and maybe even this year. Uh, we've got an update from both sides, actually. SEC and Ripple have filed both for the same judgment, a summary judgment. This essentially means that both sides would like to see the court, the judge specifically, make a judgment, make a conclusion based on the fact that they think 
all the information is available to the court for them to make a decision. So that means actually that hopefully a judge is indeed going to make a ruling finally on what is a case that has been going on for years, uh, which also could have major, major impacts on how tokens are classified and how further rulings within the legal space here within the crypto space uh, unfold. So definitely we will have our eyes on any potential results from this case. Absolutely. That's a precedent setting case right there, Harry. Most important. Mm -hmm. Coming in right there at number four, we actually have Societe Generale. So, Shen, another non-stranger to the tokenization markets. They have a few um, tokenized bonds already on the Ethereum and Tezos blockchains. And now they're actually stepping up similarly to NASDAQ, their custodial and institutional caliber crypto fund solutions, let's call it, catering to specifically um, fund managers, whether for crypto assets or assets in general. Again, kind of making a move towards tokenized products, ideally, but really ramping things up. Um, their most recent client, in fact, is a French-based asset manager, Arquant Capital SAS. So look to them as a nice model. It'll kind of paint the picture for what SauceGen is rolling out in the future. Based on this top five, I'm seeing a lot of institutional demand mm -hmm. coming in. Love that. Crypto. Love that. Let's round it out with number five here. We've got to do a little self-promotion. We're excited to announce our sister company, Security Token Advisors. Actually, both the company that Peter and I work at. Uh, very excited to announce our very first virtual classroom series. We're talking about four modules breaking down tokenization of real estate specifically. Uh, we've got the best sauce in the industry right there for you to access at your own time, as well as with some live sessions that'll be happening and available at any time to you just for $1,000. You can check that out at stacourse.com. It's officially live. And a big shout out to Oasis Pro Markets for partnering with us on that one. With that, I think we can head over to Annie Anzi and get the rest of the industry news. Happy Grand Rising, everyone. This week, we are starting off with Hong Kong wanting to join the security token industry. Their government announced they have over a dozen companies interested in the security token offerings. Hong Kong's Financial Service and Treasury Bureau, along with Security and Futures Commission, met with companies from the security token industry to exchange ideas on promoting security token offerings in the nation. Next up, we have Nomura Holdings, the Japanese financial holding company that is launching a crypto-focused venture capital unit called Laser Digital Holdings. This new venture will reveal new services and product lines. They aim to establish three vertical product offerings that include secondary trading, venture capital, and investor products. Their CEO, Kentaro Okuda, announced that staying at the forefront of digital innovation is a key priority for the company. Following, we have an update from the ongoing legal battle involving Ripple or XRP with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. Ripple continues to defend that XRP cannot be considered an unauthorized security since there isn't an investment contract that would provide investor rights. This has been an ongoing battle for over two years. According to court documents submitted on September 18, the involved sides are asking for a directed, directed verdict, which means that neither petitioner nor the offender wants the case to undergo a full trial. Ripple's general counsel, Stuart Alderrodi, said that in his view, after two years in court, the SEC is unable to locate any contract for investment. The primary point in this case stands that the SEC is unable to locate any contract at all. For more information and to see the full article where this information was sourced, head over to the digital publication Inside Bitcoins. We also have 
DigiFT minting 100 NFTs to commemorate its security token listing. They have successfully completed the issuance, secondary trading, and redemption of a corporate node security token on its decentralized exchange. 100 NFTs will be minted and airdropped to the partnerships and various stakeholders. The one-month note is issued by Diners Club was fully subscribed at its initial offering on August 1st, and investors were able to trade the security tokens on DGFT security token DEX efficiently with 80% of the transactions completed through the automatic market maker mechanism. Unlike a traditional exchange that relies on active market makers to complete a buy or sell AMM, facilitates secondary market trading via smart contract liquidity pools. DGFT is striving to be the first regulated decentralized security trading exchange. For our last news of the days, I want to encourage you to purchase a security token advisor real estate tokenization course. Not only was the course created by myself along with amazing colleagues, but it is also one of the most cutting edge information required for anyone in the real estate industry that wants to get into the digital tokenization space. That's all I have for you guys today. Let's pass it on to Jason. Welcome back, everyone, and happy Monday. I'm Jason filling in for Megan, who will be back next week after she finishes up tokenizing at Circle's Coverage 2022 conference in San Francisco. If you are attending, please reach out to tips at stlmarket.com or find her on Twitter at Megan Nivold. She would love to connect if you're in the Bay Area. Now, today we have two updates. Let's get right into it. First up, we have Artori Winston launching its first tokenized diversified art fund on Securitize. This is an actively managed closed-end $25 million fund that offers shares and tokens to accredited investors in a diversified portfolio that trades in primary and secondary markets. This is a joint venture between Artori and Winston Art Group, and the offering is now available on Securitize. This is an opportunity for investors to obtain an interest in a diversified portfolio of a carefully curated selection of physical artworks with the potential to generate positive returns. Winston Art Group will lead the sourcing and diligence of every artwork considered and purchased for the fund. Our Tory technology will be used to capture the artwork's due diligence data on the blockchain, providing investors with the confidence of investing in artworks with immutable records, verified provenance, and digital certification. The $25 million closed-end fund is actively managed by Apex Fund Services with an AI global strategies and affiliate of Alpha Innovations International acting as platform manager. The master fund will have an appointed independent auditor and art appraiser. For more information, check out the full press release on Business Wire or head over to Securitize for more information. As a disclosure, Securitized Markets is the registered broker-dealer of the Security Token Market Crowdfund, and no fees were exchanged between these parties for this feature. Next, we have news from Realty. They are focused on continuing to innovate with a focus on Web3 mass adoption for tokenized real estate. Many people claim that mass adoption for Web3 technology will happen when the user does not even realize that they are utilizing these emerging technologies. Realty is embracing this approach by innovating in the world of decentralized finance, Web3, tokenized real estate, and the power of blockchain technology with the launch of Walletless. Web3 has added new barriers with the creation and management of a non-custodial wallet that strongly limits mass adoption. 
By hiding part of the iceberg and simplifying the user experience, mass adoption of new technologies is far easier because the user does not have to understand complex backend processes. Realty aims to make buying a real token as easy as sending an email. Thanks to Walletless, Realty has streamlined and disguised the complexity associated with utilizing the blockchain. And in two clicks, you can buy your first real token and start collecting your distribution every week. Walletless is based on the Gnosis Safe developed by the Gnosis team. Future features will allow you to directly use your balance to buy new real tokens or request to receive your income directly to your bank account when it reaches a certain amount. Walletless will be an introduction to the entire Realty ecosystem. Users will be able to learn all the possibilities Realty offers at their own pace and can, when they wish, migrate from Walletless to a non-custodial storage solution. Realty enables you to develop your own real estate portfolio at your own pace and discover this universe of decentralized finance. This is an exciting step forward in the user experience of security tokens. For more information, head over to our STO Market blog where Megan Nivold covered this breaking news. That's all for this week. Don't forget to reach out to Megan if you're in the Bay Area this week. And now let's send it over to the Market Update. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Market Update. The total security token market cap opens the week flat as it is holding steady at $18.1 billion. We start off in Europe as FTX Europe announced that it has received approval from the Cyprus Securities and Exchange Commission to operate as a Cyprus investment firm, allowing the company to fully own the local investment firm it previously acquired. With the Cyprus investment firm license, FTX EU is able to serve the whole European economic area. FTX is the only crypto exchange worldwide to provide a full suite of exchange services under a full MIFID 2 license, which is held to much higher standards than local registrations as crypto asset service providers. In other news, NASDAQ announced the launch of NASDAQ Digital Assets, a new business that will power the digital asset ecosystem. The launch underpins NASDAQ's ambition to advance and help facilitate broader institutional participation in digital assets by providing trusted and institutional-grade solutions focused on enhanced custody, liquidity, and integrity. NASDAQ Digital Assets will initially develop an advanced custody solution that will incorporate liquidity and execution services to address industry challenges around connectivity, availability, and efficiency. NASDAQ's custody solution will bring together the best attributes of hot and cold crypto wallets through an innovative technology offering, which will provide a high degree of accessibility and scalability without compromising security. NASDAQ's offering is subject to regulatory approval and NASDAQ's offering is subject to regulatory approval in applicable jurisdictions. Finally, Nomura Holdings is stepping into the world of crypto assets, and in the coming months, the new venture will reveal a slew of new services and product lines. Nomura is one of the largest investment banks in Japan and one of the oldest in the country. The new Laser Digital Holdings is a Switzerland-incorporated holding company that aims to establish three vertical product offerings, including secondary trading, venture capital, and investor products. The new venture will be led by Jez Mohedin as CEO and Stephen Ashley as Laser Digital's chairman. That's all for now, but have an amazing rest of your week. Wakey wakey, welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Gogh. 
Loot Mogul Sports Metaverse raises $200 million in funding. And for those of you not familiar, the Loot Mogul Sports Metaverse is a Web3 platform run by athletes and supported by blockchain games, meta stores for brands, and virtual real estate within real-life prizes. The funding is going towards building the financial flexibility and supporting Loot Mogul's Metaverse strategic growth plans. A growth plan that includes virtual sports cities around the globe with real-world perks. Next, Whiskey in the Metaverse, as Jack Daniel has filed a new trademark application claiming plans to sell NFT, authenticated media, virtual beverages, barware, clothing, digital wallets, and collectibles. I wonder if this will mean an upcoming collaboration with a Metaverse platform or NFT community. Stay tuned to find out. Moving forward, the South Korean Singnam city is going to offer NFT citizenship. Signam, which is the 12th most populated city in South Korea, has announced that not only will they create a metaverse special city, but will also offer citizenship. And this citizenship will be issued as NFTs and grants access to the platform with a municipal information that can all be accessed virtually by anyone about what's going on in the city. And last but not least, Alibaba has launched a deeper immersive luxury shopping experience in the metaverse, advancing its foray into the 3D virtual space. Dubbed the Tmall Luxury Pavilion, the luxury shopping platform has upgraded to host an AR fashion show. The immersive shopping experience currently offers try-on for products, digital avatars, and digital collectibles. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Vanko. Cool. Thank you, Eve, for that metaverse breakdown. A lot of eyes coming out of that one. We already know. Now, moving on to that, hurry. What do we have next? Well, we've got the Companies of the Week segment, Peter. As Kyle always mm -hmm. likes to say, it's his favorite segment. I wonder if it's yours. Okay. I really want to know, who did you pick thinking that you thought made the biggest moves in the space last week? Who do you want to give a spotlight mm -hmm. to? So I'm going to extend that to the last couple of weeks because the moves kind of rolled into each other. But we're going with Onera, the one and only uh, interoperability function behind all the ATSs, the MTFs, the marketplaces. First, they secured that investment round with JPM and some other companies for $20 million. We know today is her recovered. Um, they're working on new partnerships, working on new plays in favor of liquidity, which is the exact thesis we take at STM. So there we have it. Onera, congratulations. Congratulations, Onera. Peter, is that your first or second company of the week, I think, on the show? Definitely, Definitely. A, a accolade to uh, get there, Onera. For me, uh, Peter, I got to tell you, it's the Blockchain Real Estate Summit happening this week as of the time of airing in Austin, Texas. It's September 23rd and 24th. We're talking about many of the industry leaders in this space giving all of the best real estate information as well as just great networking as always. They are put on together by Michael Flight and the Liberty Fund leaders in the tokenization space. But you can catch some great speakers there. We're talking about John Wu from Avalanche. We're talking about uh, Julian Kwan, who's the CEO of IX Swap and InvestX. Of course, Moshin, uh, the Moshin is the CEO of Accrue, a leader in the tokenization for real estate space, and dozens of other speakers. So I always applaud events coming together in the security token space, bringing people together to learn how to move forward and, and actually work on token deals together. Because as we all know, watching this show, it takes a village to make a, a token happen. So uh, hopefully, we aren't unfortunately going to be able to make it, but hopefully many of you can catch all of the amazing things happening in Austin uh, at the blockchain real estate summit my company of the week 
With that, Peter, I think we can jump right into the main topic. Let's do it. All right, Herbert, you're now moving into the main event over here, the main topic. What are we talking about today? Well, it's a good one, Pete. I think we're going to be talking about, uh, yeah, you like it? It may not be the most exciting to, to some, but I think it is. We're talking about the biggest banks in the world, Wall Street. Are they tokenizing right now? Yes, they are. We're going to break it down to you example by example. Pete, who is your favorite bank when it comes to the tokenization space right now, and what are they doing? Sure. I always talk about them probably uh, you know, a bit too much right now, but JP Morgan. So they really kind of entered the space years ago with JPM coin at that time, probably 2018, 2017 type. People thought it was like, oh, what is this, a, a kind of a new Bitcoin? Is it a new investment product? Is it a new crypto? And it took some time to realize what exactly they were doing with JPM coin. They're really just using it for like an internal settlement, rather a settlement coin for their internal processes and operations. And what does that really mean? We saw this really happen now when they launched the Onyx repo network, so blockchain-based repos, as like a basically a syndicate operation that had Goldman Sachs join, that had BNY Mellon join, BNP Paribas join, probably other smaller institutions, but institutions nonetheless, and transacting right there in their own network, settling on JPM coin. I think it's awesome because really it's tokenized money. It's tokenized capital. And that's the same product structure that we could use that has been being used, that you know that we've been helping structure and working with um, just on the operational level. That's not one that most people know about per se. JP Morgan, one of the biggest banks in the world, actually one of the innovators and leaders when it comes to blockchain technology, stablecoin technology, even the repo network, I think they said does hundreds of millions in, in clearing uh, across that network. A billion a day now, I think they've a hit. billion a day. 350 billion in aggregate in about Oof. 18 months. And they've got the, the tokenized collateralization network, mm, you TCN, know, leveraging yeah, yeah. that for uh, obviously uh, collateralization on-chain using their Onyx platform. We actually break all of this down, Kyle and I, in episode 143, if you're interested to dive into how JP Morgan specifically is taking over the tokenization game. Absolutely. What about you, Herbig? Aside from JPM right now, although I'm sure it'll come up again. They for sure uh, probably will. What name catches your eye when you're looking at this? I got to tell you, I'm still hot off the presses with this KKR now, so Peter. I mean, this is big, big news. KKR is considered one of the biggest innovators when it comes to Wall Street financings and uh, even technology and things like that. And now they're officially doing it again with Securitize. So they have taken their growth healthcare fund, a feeder fund into their main healthcare fund, which if you don't know who KKR is, they almost have half a trillion dollars in assets under management with, again, some of the leading private equity funds in the entire industry. And now they have decided to say, we're going to take a portion of our existing healthcare growth fund and tokenize it with Securitize, available on Securitize markets. Meaning, why is this a big deal? Well, Peter, if you wanted to invest in this fund, I hate to break it to you, normally you could not. In fact, I couldn't either. Most people couldn't. You had to be one of the big names on Wall Street that had a relationship with KKR, having possibly 10, 50, $100 million to put into this healthcare fund. And maybe then you can come to the table, but not anymore. Now, anybody who in this case at least has to be an accredited investor can go to securitized markets and invest in what would normally be a private equity deal in the healthcare field that no one would ever be able to get access to. And best part is they'll get a token, which hopefully means there could be some potential collateralization or potential liquidity benefits in the future uh, on top of the fact that you have control of it via securitized. Absolutely. I mean, long-term vision, I mean, this is one of the original 
original buyout funds in, in the world, right? KKR kind of incepted that whole concept of over leveraging and using that they to did. increase your returns, increase everything. That's how they built their name, cut their teeth. Could tokenization uh, be their new LBO? I we'll think see. it very well could. And you could raise capital for on the debt side via token and do some, some wizardry with that, and I'm sure they could find a way. But more importantly, Herbie, what's cool is that this is done, like he said, as a feeder fund, right? That's what we see all the time for STA prospects and even active clients in the PE VC world. How can we bring a tokenized product to market without disrupting our existing operations, our existing LPs, existing funds? You can just do a side fund that co-invests right there with the main fund. So if KKR is doing it, that's validation right there. The market's ready for it. As you mentioned, it will be a token probably trade 12 months from now after closure on Securitized Markets ATS, just like the other secure tokens that are trading that we know and love. So. With KKR mm-hmm. doing it, I bet we can see a whole lot more mm-hmm. others joining the foray. Who else you got, Peter? Uh, Franklin Templeton, mm-hmm. actually. I love that back in either, it was either December or like January earlier this year, they announced the on-chain U.S. government money fund, basically a tokenized mutual fund. Very small in assets, probably like a couple million last I checked, um, but a test product nonetheless. And that's really where the primary market is right now. The KKR move could be seen as kind of a proof of concept, right? When they feel successful with that when they see good trading eventually, they feel they've raised capital properly, successfully and efficiently, which is the most important piece of tokenization, the biggest value add for fund managers using that, Um, then they'll feel good and roll that smaller portion fund out probably to the entire $4 billion thing. Looking at that, similarly, Franklin Templeton dipped their toes in with that. They've recently announced that they're using Eaglebrook Advisors, shout out to Eaglebrook, for their SMAs, their separately managed accounts for their institutional clients to get crypto digital asset exposure. I think it's awesome. And, you know, just talking with them, understanding where they are in the whole industry, the whole vision, I think security tokens are definitely on the radar from a more macro level. So that's also going to be coming out soon, Herbie. And we also saw NASDAQ and SusGen also follow mm-hmm. a similar suit in trying to provide custody services and specific managerial services for the crypto fund management space. That's why I think it's a good segue into also Societe General. I don't think most people know of this French bank, but it is a four plus trillion dollar, trillion with a T, folks. Asset Manager is one of the biggest European banks, one of the biggest banks playing flat in the world. And man, have they been active in this organization space from very early on. Three different bonds that they have issued via Ethereum's blockchain, a public chain, not even doing it on a private chain, not even doing it in-house uh, like we've seen many of the other banks do. Uh, in fact, they even tried to get a loan from the MakerDAO community, which right. unfortunately got rejected. <laughs> but I love the test. The I love the test. You got to love it. Personally, I would love to take on a, a loan that's backed by one of the biggest banks in the world. Who knows what went down there? They even tested it out and they have announced that they are working with the European Central Bank on a digital euro. So that's also very exciting beyond the custody services that they've announced. So they're very clearly active in the tokenization space. They probably know more than most when it comes to the case study and the experience that they have working with blockchain technology. So they are definitely a major, major European bank to keep your eye on when it comes to this stuff. Agreed, and you just said it. I think European banks right now are leading the charge, in in my opinion, on the public bond and public product um, side of tokenization. So everything here in the States is pretty much private placements or a couple public filings, but the vast majority are, you know, Reg A, Reg D, um, even Reg CF types, right? And that's great, but it's also kind of cool to see investment banks in Europe leveraging public markets, issuing public bonds on Ethereum in this case. Um, I think it'll take a bit more for 
banks to truly do that on the public side here in the States. But nonetheless, look at even EIB, European Investment Bank, yeah. um, you know, other companies. BBVA has been doing tokenized bonds since like 2017. A lot of comp- a lot of companies over in Europe are doing this, which is very cool to see. I think so for sure. Uh, but going back stateside, there is, you know, maybe one major investment bank that's sometimes often regarded as the most cutthroat, ruthless, best bank in the world. I'm talking to none other than Goldman Sachs, Peter. Are they doing anything in this space? They are indeed. More so, they're doing some stuff on the product level that's kind of in the works behind the scenes. But more so, and I said I would mention again, they did join JPM's repo network. But beyond that, they've been working with HQLAX, which is basically um, an enterprise blockchain solution platform, basically tokenizing bonds, tokenizing $100 million plus bonds, and basically using this for collateral management. So using this platform for collateral management with other companies in their network, BNY Mellon specifically, and a BlackRock money market fund was the product tokenized. And um, Matthew McDermott, MD at Goldman Sachs, who kind of oversees the digital asset division, was saying, hey, bonds in, of this nature typically would take us five days to settle from start to finish and then you know make sure the interest is carried over and any payments are made. In this case, it took an hour. <laughs> so we're always talking efficiencies. We love talking product level. What can we bring to market? What can people invest in from us? But operationally, that's where the... Um, Institutions are really focused, and it makes sense. How do we improve the bottom line? Either increase revenues or reduce expenses. And in this case, reducing a five-day time frame to an hour inherently has spillover benefits on that cost. Easy efficiencies, but unquantifiable benefits and time savings. Who knows what you can do with that extra edge in the capital market space, right? Oh, we could keep going all day. I think, Peter, I, I got to give a shout out to the likes of U.S. Bank, Fidelity, State Street. They have all also followed suit in the sense of they're getting their toes wet in digital assets. They want to support custody. Usually custody starts with cryptocurrencies and then also lends their way into tokenization and custody of other types of assets and things like that. And as we can clearly see, JP Morgan and many others are very active when it comes to not just leveraging uh, blockchain for cryptocurrencies, but also leveraging it for efficiencies and, and tokenization and the sort. Was there anyone else that you wanted to give a quick shout out to? Just to reiterate State Street, they're a merchant bank. So they kind of oversee from an even higher level than we may assume, right? So any of their clients, if Stacey's getting ready to tokenize, which they made that announcement that 2023 will be the year of tokenization, granted talk is cheap, we'll wait to see that. But that, I mean, if they do truly enter that, now you're not just looking at a single asset manager or a single bank, but rather kind of the whole umbrella with a ton of different asset managers and banks underneath it. So that could really be firepower that we're not even expecting to come out. Totally agree with you. And I think just to to end on my side, Peter, we've got also Asia that we're underlooking. HSBC uh, out in Asia has had a huge focus on tokenizing bonds. We've seen actually in Singapore a massive, uh, you know, actually uh, increase in licenses for digital assets as massive well as very crypto securities. Too. The monetary sure. authority of Singapore is extremely pro-tokenization. In fact, the JPM tokenized collateral network was done in tandem with Masternode and with Mass. So there you go. I mean, now we have governments and banks working together on this. I think it's the piece of digital assets that will really succeed, pending all wins. You know, and we saw SBI and Nomura out of Japan. They've also 
been either in Singapore or in digital assets in some form, even NUFG, the top fifth yeah. largest bank in the world. They're an investor in Securitized. They've actually formed and part of a, a educational organization out in Japan. So this is happening all around the world, folks. If you don't think the big banks are paying attention to cryptocurrency, digital assets, and blockchain technology for tokenization and, and asset management, think again. Rewatch this whole main topic that we just gave you because we just told you pretty much trillion dollar banks are getting very active in this space. Extremely. Well, with that, Pete, let's wrap up the show. Of course, you can reach out to us. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. We're everywhere. We're over at Security Token Advisors where you can get our advisory services for tokenization. Everything we talked about, but much more in depth and much more tailored your way. Absolutely. For sure. You just got to, you know, pay for (laughs) it. Uh, But meanwhile, we're going to keep giving you that free, free, great information here at the show every Monday. You can find more of it at stm.co. That's where you can find all the latest trading data for tokens, a lot more news and our publications and research. And of course, it's a one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So with that, I hope to catch you next week and happy tokenizing.